This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. All right, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about tonight. Well, so um, I had a request uh, from someone to talk about a condition called borderline personality disorder. Which, you know, I I don't know exactly what that is. I have guesses of what that is, but I don't know exactly what it is. Well, we're going to cover that. I mean, uh, ad nauseum maybe. but Okay. um, it, It is a condition that most people have come across in their life and may not know it because not by name. Um, it is probably one of the most difficult relationships. It's, it's the most difficult personality with which to have a relationship uh-huh. with. Mm. Um, uh, it's very painful for both parties. Mm-hmm. And so um, it actually, um, there was a uh, House of Representatives voted unanimously in 2008 to declare, I think it was May, uh, of 2008 uh, Borderline Personality Awareness Month because uh, the n- amount of of dollars that are spent in the healthcare system for uh, patients with this condition uh, compared to the um, understanding by the general public of what it was. Yeah. It was so there was such a um, disparate uh, difference between the two. Um, over 50% of suicide attempts that go to the ER have this condition. Huh. So it it from a psychiatric standpoint, it does a few patients uh, consume a large part of the inpatient dollars. Yeah. So for example, the the incidence is probably two to five percent in the general but population. It takes up a lot. But of fifty it. to sixty percent of over uh, of not overdoses, but of suicide attempts. Yeah. In the ER or with this condition, so How you can that? see that's a pretty big disproportionate share. But it's such an interesting name for a thing, and I know we'll be talking about this, but like when you hear uh, like, oh, some this person has multiple personality disorder, and you're like, yes, I understand what that means. Yeah. Borderline, all I think of is that Madonna song. <laughs> That's it. That's what I've got. I've got, you know what I've got? I've got that, and I've got Border <laughs> Collies. That's what I've got. Well, it's a very bad name. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and we'll talk about how it was named and you know where it came from. And, stuff yeah, and to me, going. my guess was like a, its literal form would be like, oh, you're just right on the border of having a, a personality, personality disorder. disorder. You well, kind of flirt with maybe having some of the personality disorders that we've talked about in the past. So, okay, you're insightful. It is on the border. Uh, uh, I was that is, at that is not theory. the. It's not you're, you're not on the borderline you, of having stop. a person. <laughs> you can stop there. <laughs> Of having a personality disorder, it is. Uh, it was defined. That term was used back in the forties, fifties, sixties, when psychotherapy was the the main treatment we had for mental health conditions before any medications came around. And there, essentially, um, a the, the patients with severe personality disorders, specifically this one, because it's so difficult, um, were the borderline on one side of which were neurotic patients that could go through therapy and and work on things. On the other side of this border were psychotic patients who Mm -hmm. weren't responding to any kind of psychotherapy. They they still thought it was psychologically driven and partly as far as like schizophrenia. At that time, they thought it was parental-based and childhood-based. We didn't really know the the biology behind it. But anyway, so it was – but the borderline patients – 
sometimes they would respond and sometimes they act like they were had psychotic symptoms. So they were like this borderline between someone I can help with psychotherapy and someone I can't help with psychotherapy. Okay. They were in the middle. Huh. Let's take that break. When we come back, we'll figure out what this is. We'll talk okay. about stories, uh, maybe even some personal stories, and, and try to get to the bottom of exactly what it is. And then maybe you guys can, can help figure it out as we go along. So I want to next go into maybe getting some examples from people about relationships. Mm. Difficult relationships that uh, any of you three or any listeners have been in, uh, or if they know friends who've been in a difficult relationship. And by difficult, I mean in a relationship with someone emotionally that was, from your vantage point or in retrospect, really unhealthy. You know, this is interesting because I think as you and I have discussed before, I spent 11 years working in the domestic violence field. And one of the things that I did in that line of work was to facilitate a group for people who had been arrested for battering. And now as we start to talk about this, I am immediately thinking like, oh, I wonder how much I may recognize in what we discuss mm-hmm. when it comes to some of the, the men that I worked with in that group. Yes. Well, you may yeah. have, you came across a couple of things. One, you probably came across some antisocial personality disorders. Possibly. And then also probably some borderline personality disorders as well, Yeah, I, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't dated a ton of people in my life, or I haven't been married to a ton of people either. Um and most of my relationships have been pretty good and healthy. I did have one when I was younger um, that you know, I learned a ton, a ton from, so I don't take anything back. I don't, I don't regret it at all. But, you know, she had some issues. She was a pathological liar. Yeah. Like, I've never seen. A pathological liar, like I've never seen. Um, and, and I that, couldn't be happier about the fact that you dated her because it really produced some great stories. About I, I actually agree. Yeah. It, it produced some of the most fantastic stories still to this day but well it was a roller coaster ride emotionally oh yeah and i was i was her emotions like a roller coaster did she have Mm, uh swings in emotion where she would be you know everything's great at one point and then another point everything's not great and or maybe it was your fault for that no i don't remember so much for me it was more of that of like oh no like what do i do with this situation and then i was i don't i think i probably have more ups and downs but no not what you're talking about and if she said everything was great how do you know she wasn't just lying <laughs> yeah yeah she would she did would you feel manipulated oh yes 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 okay i wonder now you just said like oh really great or really awful like that mm-hmm. makes me think now hey how do we differentiate between that and like um manic depressive mm-hmm. disorder Bipolar. yeah okay there's right. a lot of there is when it comes to mood yeah there's overlap okay between the two okay um, the difference being that um, someone with borderline personality mm-hmm. um, has difficulty regulating their emotions. Mm-hmm. That is one of the features, is emotional regulation. Their emotional regulation is much more reactive to the environment and what they're going through. And it's chronic, um, uh, chronically intermittent. Whereas someone with borderline, per- excuse me, someone with bipolar disorder yeah. Um, it is more discrete episodes, and when they're in an episode, it tends to um, last, like if they're depressed, it may last for days, weeks, or months, and if they're manic, it may last for days or right. a week or two. Okay. Um, and then when they're not in one of those two states at their baseline, their mood is regulated. But for someone with 
borderline personality, it is really difficult for them to regulate their emotion sometimes on a daily basis. Okay. And it's so it could be very jumping all reactive over the place. to hmm. what they are perceiving is going on around them. So hmm. there's a distortion in their perception of what is happening. And then they react to that. And then they react to that distorted uh, perception, right? So there are a number of criteria. And, you know, when we talk about personality disorders, we've talked about that before. Um, Personalities, uh, let's just start with that for a second. Personalities are, um, you know, we all have them. They're kind of hard to describe. I mean, how would you all describe what is a personality? Sort of like the traits that you're known for. Yeah, read what's Will's personality. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's an interesting question. (laughs) Yeah, how would you define? I mean, I think Will is generally like an optimistic person to a fault. Who is yeah, and he's a friendly person. Okay, um, and good looking. Yes, that's, that's not a personality. So those are, I think, two of the first terms that come to mind okay. when I think about Will. He's a, he's a responsible person. Kind of, I don't know if that's personality or Ooh, not. Really, very, very, very much personality. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. responsible. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about that. I think You're he's right responsible a lot of the person. Ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would yeah, say about yeah. Will. Okay. Yeah. Also, we know a little bit about him. He he uh, is somewhat thrill-seeking. Oh, that's true, too. Part of his yeah. personality, I that's know. That's true. Right? Yeah. I mean, jumping out of planes and riding motorcycles, likes that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's funny. I'm obsessed with that. He's funny. He's got a good okay. sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. So we're mm-hmm. describing traits that are essentially traits you've known him all your life. Right. He's probably had these to some degree since he was a child. Mm-hmm. That's Jim. Yeah, right? that's right. So... Personality traits, personalities are traits that we carry with us really most all of our life. Right. We can't really shake them. Um, we can modulate them. Yeah. If we have something we don't like, we can work on it. But it's it's something you probably have to manage. Yeah. You can't really just convert. Although, interestingly, of course, we know that sometimes people will suffer some sort of like a head injury and all of a sudden they have a different personality. Very much so. That's yeah, very yeah. interesting yep, to think yep. about, So their too. brains, yeah, if you have a... Yeah. a, a Physiological change to your brain, it can change a lot of things about you. And then all of a sudden, so that then it becomes easy to talk about personality because then you'll hear people say, like, oh, he didn't used to be angry like this, and those kinds of terms that yes. go along with. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Hmm. So, what are some negative? I mean, you, you, everything you said about Will was pretty positive. What are some negative personality traits, not about Will, but yeah, just sure. in general that you know of people? Well, like people might be insecure. Okay. Um, they might be angry. Yep. They might be um, petty. Yeah. Uh, they might be vengeful. Okay. Vindictive. Yeah. Um, mm. Annoying. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. Obnoxious. Yeah. Unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, we're getting these list of, of traits, right? Right. And so, each of us have these traits. And, and really, if, if you boil it down, you can take a trait like, um, you know, extrovert, introvert kind of thing. And you can put pretty much every trait on a spectrum, right? I mean, okay. you're not either extrovert or introvert. You're somewhere on somewhere along, a range. On the line, you know, yeah. it's kind of like the the dial. It's kind of like an equalizer. Okay, um, from zero to ten, you're somewhere in there, you can move that range. Yeah, everyone's and everyone's range is not fixed. There's a little bit of movement for them. So they may be like, let's say, if extrovert. I may be like a, a six or seven. You know, I'm not a 6.2 all the time. I right. Sometimes I'm a five and a half, sometimes a six. I've got a range. You might have had a bad day and want to be by yourself yeah. a little bit. But, you know, on average, where do I live? Yeah. Kind of thing. And so our overall personality, the way I think of it is, if you could list every 
trait you listed about 20 we could probably list 100 or more 200 everybody has each of those traits on a little scale of one to ten if you could move each person's dial a little bit you could come up with kind of what defines that person yeah say like an equalizer yeah mm -hmm. so each person has a genetic makeup for that equalizer kind of picture and then your experiences in life will move that equalizer in certain directions especially experiences in early childhood Mm -hmm. so those those dials can be moved sometimes quite dramatically okay right by experiences less so as you get older you get more kind of entrenched and ingrained in your personality and it's harder to move it even harder to move them they get yep. set yep they do a little bit exactly mm-hmm. so now that we kind of understand personality we have in the world of psychiatry they've come up with a number of different conditions that seem to present a a, a combination of traits that come together and seem to define a condition and we call it a disorder Okay, so one of those is borderline personality disorder. And there's a certain number of traits that they exhibit that seem to be common to each of the person that has it. But it can be quite varied because you can have a, a, a wide range of degrees of severity. Mm-hmm. You can have very high-functioning, very mild symptoms, or you can have very severe people who cycle in and out of the hospital, I mean, three or four times a year because of the severity of their symptoms, a wide range. The basic symptoms that they exhibit are a problem with interpersonal relationships a problem with with regulating their mood Mm. um, defense mechanisms that are very um, um, undeveloped or more uh, where I'm losing the word but ineffective um, kind of they're means ineffective or? and they're yeah. more um, regressed okay so for example one of the examples is they have a common um, defense mechanism of splitting so splitting is when you perceive re- the world around you and you immediately put what you perceive in one of two categories uh-huh. good or bad oh everything's good or bad there's no no gray, no gray. area and so that can make life very difficult because, as we know, there are nuances in the world. But if you think good or bad and someone treats, someone does something that you perceive as not helping you, then suddenly they're bad. Yeah. They're all bad because they did something that was not kind to me. So they vacillate on the inside from thinking you're, at this moment in time, all bad because you just said something that hurt my feelings. Yeah. But tomorrow you may say something that's good. And now you're all good. And it switches completely. Switches completely. Oh, and, boy. And, and so the person that's in a relationship is like, wow, <laughs> yesterday you wanted to strangle me, and today you want to, like, you know, renew our vows. What right. is going on? It's very confusing for the person that has it, and it's very confusing for the person that's dealing with it. Nobody wins in this situation. No. Right. I think our goal tonight, by the way, I'm just going to propose this. By the end of the hour, our goal should be to rename this to something that actually makes sense instead of borderline personality disorder. I'm in. We should come up with a name. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go. work on that. In the meantime, let's take a quick break. Here we are in the Red Diamond Coffee and Tea Studios on Birmingham Mountain Radio, and we're discussing borderline personality disorder. I think we're getting closer to kind of what we think it is, what I what yeah, I think yeah. maybe it is. We're on the border of uh, yeah. appropriately. <laughs> um, I'm on one side, and then I'm on the other. I kind of go back and yeah. forth. So uh, we talked about the emotional instability. Um, another key um, symptom is the perceived feeling of rejection. Um, 
people with this condition will feel rejected and perceive rejection from someone else uh, when it is not intended at all. Mm. There's a very serious difficulty with their self-image and they expect to be rejected and perceive it with just the subtlest of change in your behavior. Mm-hmm. Okay? Very intense. Which could be very tricky in a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they will then project one of the, another defense mechanism that's, that's not mature is they will project that perception onto you. So yeah. pretend you're just like a, a blank movie screen and they are projecting their image of themselves and their rejection onto this blank movie screen yeah. and then reacting to it. And you're like, I'm just a blank movie screen. I didn't really, I didn't have any mm. role in this whatsoever. I was just being, yeah, you know, neutral. Mm. And you get this reaction. Typically, um, there may have been something very subtle you did, but it wasn't meant to be rejecting. Um, uh, I can give you examples from patients. I mean, um, you know, if I'm... I get a call if they're in a state of in that that uh, state of feeling rejected and and it comes and goes kind of like their emotions it's not like every single time they feel rejected but if they're in that that heightened rejection place Mm -hmm. and you don't return a call timely maybe you're in with another patient or something they can then really lash out with anger and and feel rejected and or you know move to that self-harm area we talked about earlier of well i'm so unworthy that um, you know, I'm going. I, I shouldn't exist, and then right. they'll move to the actions of maybe cutting or some other self-harm behavior yeah. um, because they feel so rejected for a very minor slight. So you can imagine if they react to a minor slight, if there is a slight, if you yeah. did reject them, it's a big deal. Atomic bomb going off. This right? makes me think two things. One, I think the reason I don't have a lot of good examples of people directly in my life is because I don't like any kind of confrontation or dramatic situations. So I generally just so like, okay, drama. I'll be out of the, yeah, like, yeah. nice to have met you. Um, but this does seem like it's something that a lot of people would just simply describe as that's a very dramatic person. Yes. Yeah. If you have someone who says, man, there's so much drama in that relationship. I'm not saying that person has borderline, but there may be some traits or something going on that that could be uh, looked at, mm. um, because it, it produces a very dramatic dynamic between the people. And again, it's not like the the difficult part is the inconsistency. I mean, if they if they always behave that way, then you could predict it, but it's not predictable because they're not always perceiving things the same way, and sometimes everything's great. Okay, so so far I have these ideas. All right, um, for names. Drama monarch personality disorder, so that you get queen and king in there. That's good. <laughs> that's one idea. I've got unpredictable personality disorder. Yeah. And then my personal favorite, I've got what you talking about personality disorder. <laughs> okay. I like those. I've got one. All right, yeah. Teddy, what's yours? You crazy yeah, personality that's a, that's disorder. A, oh, there you that go. is yeah. probably the most commonly used phrase <laughs> yeah. in that dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I think any of those that we just discussed might be more descriptive than borderline personality disorder. Probably all of them would be. Okay, very difficult, very difficult there uh, to try to deal with these kinds of uh, traits. It is. And and 
the real thing I want listeners to understand is it is a very difficult place for the person to be in. I think that's an important thing. Yeah, okay. I was yeah. going to say the exact it's same not, thing I mean, because a lot of times these are people that you just be like, ugh, that person. Why are, why are they crazy. doing You're this like, to me? They're not nice and all this. But really, I think that's why I'm supportive that we do these kinds of segments and yep. talk about it. And I'm talking about yep. me personally because now you may look at a situation like this and think like, Oh dang! They're probably dealing with some really tough stuff. Yeah. And it's it's a genetically driven condition. That's the thing that we're learning mm-hmm. is that there's yeah. genetics to this. Um, so this is not just like a moral weakness sort of right. You know, yeah. yeah, there's a there there. It's an inherited type of you know condition. Yeah. Um, that the, here's the thing that that uh, throws that off is for it threw it off for many years. Um, when someone has the genetic predisposition for this condition and has childhood trauma yeah it is like the santa anna winds to an ember yeah it takes a small fire and makes it a true force fire i don't mean that in a disrespectful way it sure, is yeah. that emotionally that dynamic that's an appropriate you know, the, analogy the um uh the childhood trauma uh is so common with people that have born on personality that it was thought for a long time that it was the cause yeah that that was the sole cause and now we're learning that as we learn with most things it's a blend it's your genetics and your experiences as i mentioned earlier so people that have this predisposition to have this condition and have childhood trauma are definitely going to have the more severe form yeah um, because it makes it so much worse um, it's just a very common overlap there's a lot of overlaps between borderline personality and ptsd um, and there's, as we mentioned earlier, in the emotional part, there's some overlap between borderline personality and uh, bipolar. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of different common paths, what pathways to similar behavior. And you know, it's so interesting because sometimes you'll hear stories about like, well, listen to this person who is horribly mistreated as a child and kept in a cage and all this kind of stuff, and now he has turned out so well and so well adjusted, and that proves anybody can do it. But it might just be also that he is genetically much more predisposed to like overcoming those exactly. kinds of things and have a, having a good chemical balance exactly, exactly. Your, yeah. your personality yeah. defines how you navigate life it's nature and nurture it's, exactly. the, it's the two things that's working a great together example. Yeah. yeah that's exactly right huh. it is um not everyone who goes through childhood trauma develops pers- borderline personality yeah. Um, because they have a different personality makeup. We should be careful about oversimplifying it just to like, well, you just didn't handle it well. Right. Yeah. 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 You mm-hmm. gotta, what is it? You got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. yeah. I hear that yeah, yeah. so much. Rub a little dirt on it. Yeah. Right. On the yeah, media, did a great uh, mm-hmm. did a great series yeah. one time about poverty, and they talked about the origin of the pull yourself up by the bootstraps uh, saying. And in its origin, if I remember correctly, in its origin, it was meant like facetiously as like this ironic kind of like ha because it is physically impossible to pull Warriors. oneself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> um, and now people actually use that term in earnest, being like, well, you got to just do this thing. And without, it's impossible. you know, it's impossible. It's not, <laughs> it turns out. That's hey, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back more with Dr. Mark Westfall. And we're talking about borderline personality disorder. Again, any of these if the, uh, segments that we do with Dr. Westfall, if you hear them and think, oh, I want to go back and listen to that again or share that with a family member or a friend, you can do that wherever you find podcasts under the name of Let's think on it. We have Dr. Westfall on the show once a month talking about, you know, psychiatry stuff. Yeah. And I didn't know where a, you were going with that word. <laughs> well, it's always, you know, psychology, psychiatry. Uh-huh. 
psychological psycho human behavior. There you go. Perfect. Um, and tonight we're talking about borderline personality disorder. Winding down here, but still more to talk about. I think the um, one of the big takeaways here is this is something that probably people see a lot in mm-hmm. others and may just think like, Ugh, yeah, that's a fat person is just all kinds of trouble and dramatic and whatever. And, and maybe hopefully this will open some people's eyes to yeah, wait, wait, wait this so. is a... No. Probably the two most common personality disorders people come across are this one and the other one that um, people are currently a hot topic about would yeah. be national oh. interest. Oh, uh, oh, hang on. It's uh, the one where uh, narcissism and... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. narcissistic personality yeah. disorder is another yeah. one that people frequently come across. They're probably about equal incidents yeah. and difficult uh, to deal with at times. Yeah. Um, I'd say, I'd say that borderline takes up more time from the psychiatrist standpoint narcissistic patients do not typically seek treatment well they don't have a problem they're perfect yeah yeah and they also don't you know they don't end up in the hospital uh, because again right. they don't really seek treatment but uh, borderline patients really it affects their functioning yeah. so much um, and their their um, behavior towards themselves and do they generally recognize borderline uh, patients recognize like hey I need to be seeing someone you know that's a great question so I find that, well, let me back up. Borderline patients in the history of psychiatry have been the um, difficult-to-manage patient that a lot of psychiatrists avoid. I read one article where it said, borderline personality is to psychiatry what psychiatry is to the field of medicine. Mm. Most doctors don't like dealing with psychiatric stuff. Well, most psychiatrists don't like dealing with borderline stuff. Right. Because it's, it's that difficult. Very difficult it's to have very success difficult. with. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. They can take a lot of energy from you. When I was in training, uh, the um, mentor I had said, you know, you, wanna, you want to manage how many borderline patients you acquire on your you know, list of patients because you can only manage so many. They yeah. will take that much time and energy from your practice. Yeah. Um, and mm. so, um, but it is very treatable. Oh, okay, so let's talk little, about that. A little twist. Um, very treatable maybe a little bit of a overstatement. <laughs> um, it is responsive to treatment. Let me put it that way. What kind of treatment? However, it takes years oh. for many. It can, I mean, we're talking, you know, two to ten years of consistent therapy from a good therapist. So this is not just like, oh, here's a medication right. that will fix the imbalance exactly. you have. Okay. Some medicines can help the mood instability. Yeah. Some medicines can help the distortion in thinking. But it is really a psychotherapeutic intervention. Uh. And the key is consistency and not reacting to what they're projecting onto you. Right. Which is really difficult. <laughs> I bet it is. They are really adept at picking up on some little chink in your armor, yeah. okay. You, when I say your armor, your ego armor. This, you know, I feel okay, but I'm, I'm a good doctor. I'm trying my best. I care, and they'll find some little chink and just start hammering away at it. And you, they have you questioning yourself. They have you getting angry out of proportion mm. to what's going on. And suddenly you're like, wait a minute. And that just fuels everything on their oh, end. Oh, that's what I was exactly. Say. Totally yeah. fuels what's going on on their end. And right. it seems like not reacting to them could come across to them as a form of rejection. It certainly can. Which <laughs> it certainly can. Just kind of, yeah, it's a sequ- yeah. But <laughs> I mean, just like I think back if and forth. My approach um, has been, and I'm not saying I'm you know fantastic at treating this, but um, I've had okay. some success with some patients. And my approach is a consistent, truly caring approach. I yeah. truly 
understand that it's something that they aren't doing on purpose. Right. I think they're that's not key. malicious with it. No, they're not malicious. Right. They can feel malicious. Sure. But it, it's not malicious. That's not the um, key motivation. Right. Yeah. Um, and so a, a consistent, caring approach um, and trying to not react, which is really difficult. I can't underline that enough how difficult it is not to react. Yeah. Um, and there's another term we could get into. We talked about projection. When they're projecting on this blank screen, there's another term called projective identification. Hmm. Which is when they project something onto you so well. <laughs> you start to think, that's me. You start to identify yeah. with it. Yeah. And then you react the way they just projected. And suddenly you're doing things like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's not the way I normally react. How did they get <laughs> me to do that? It is fascinating. And so yeah. people get engaged in this relationship that they find they can't get out of now because they're like, mm. they're way in. They're way mm-hmm. in, yeah. So there's this other terminology called, um, uh, well, there's a phenomenon, I should say, where people get into these traumatic relationships. I guess one of the things I see a lot is I'll see people in a relationship uh, with someone who sounds that borderline trace. I'm not treating the, the borderline person. I'm treating the other person right. who's coming in saying, oh, my gosh, I'm really having trouble with this relationship, and I need help. I can't get out of it, and it's tearing me apart. And, you know, a little more investigation, you realize they're probably in a relationship with someone who has borderline personality. So a lot of what I do is educate people about borderline personality to help them deal with someone who has a condition. If yeah. it's not someone they're in like a you know boyfriend girlfriend relationship or boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend girlfriend, it may be a parent or like a boss or something or a boss. Yeah. But often it's a family member. Those are the hardest when you have a parent, a sister, a sibling, um, or a child. Yeah. Can't get out of those. Easily. It's difficult, yeah, right. right? And so they have to figure out how to navigate. How do I navigate this? Oftentimes, they, people born on personalities will be essentially kind of ostracized sometimes from their family. They're just like, everybody writes them off. I'm not dealing with that. It's too much drama. And so then they are lonely. So now they've created the very thing. One of the things they fear the most is abandonment. I don't think I've mentioned yeah. that on the list. Perceived rejection. They fear abandonment like a hundred times yeah. moreover than most of us fear abandonment. We all have some fear of being left alone, but they have a dramatically increased fear of abandonment. And yet they create it. Which makes it more likely by that By pushing they'll be people abandoned. away with their behavior. And then yeah. they say, see, you left me. A couple of books that um, on this topic, one is called I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. Yeah. It's a great example. It's a great description of the dynamic. It's like they're angry at you, but then when you start to leave, they feel abandoned and they're like, please come back. I hate you, don't leave me. In other words, um, walking on eggshells. In keeping with this, there's a a song um, I think we're going to be able to play if we found the clean version. Yep. Um, By Eminem and Rihanna. Mm -hmm. Talking about this, I hate you, don't leave me uh, kind of dynamic. Um, And it's called I Love the Way You Lie, L-I-E. And it really, the first time I heard the song, I'm like, that is, the people who wrote that song definitely have experienced or um, know someone with borderline personality disorder. Uh, I mean, they're just clearly emotions about it were right on target. It's about domestic violence, which is so common with people who have borderline personality disorder right. because they can create that anger. And that fear of abandonment. And fear of abandonment. Yeah. And, and, and even when someone is, is abusive to them, they can't leave. Yeah. And the flip side, when they're verbally abusive to the other person, often the other person feels like they can't leave. They develop this kind of 
this bond back and forth with each other. Um, and largely b- because this fluctuating, I, met- I mentioned earlier the um, um, splitting where they they feel like um, you're all good or all bad. There's th- They end up with this dynamic of overvaluing you mm-hmm. and devaluing you. And the overvaluing, it's when they're, when they're doing it, when they're saying it, they really believe it and mean it. And so it feels good because it's so genuine from them. They'll lift you up. You're the best, you know, whatever, ever. I mean, they tell no. me, you're the best doctor I've ever had. Nobody listens to me. And they go on and on. And then yeah, a few weeks down the road, they'll fire me. And then because I want to get back to the. Well, but then they're like, but no. yeah. So when patients fire me who are borderline, I typically, you know, I leave the door open metaphorically speaking yeah. because they're going to come back and say you know uh, will you take me back and that kind of thing and so that's the consistency it's like yes I know you fired me we'll sit down and talk about it um, and I'll say you know what was going on and we'll help them understand and learn about that they have an overreactive emotional system if you're a bad doctor you'd say told you so <laughs> well so what happens you're right yeah. if you're a bad doctor not really but many doctors will let that when they get fired that's the way to get rid of a borderline patient yeah. so they say no you can't come back you fired me you're done and they're not bad doctors. Sure. It's just, well, okay. They're looking we're gonna for let that an one, easy way out. We're going to let that one go. Yeah. Okay. Move on down the line and go, you know, disrupt the next doctor's mm. pa- uh, practice. Mm. So. Uh, well, let's listen to the song. And we'll come back and talk about it. Here it is. It's called Love the Way You Lie by Eminem featuring Rihanna. Due to copyright laws, we cannot play a song on this podcast. We recommend you pause the podcast, find the song to listen to, and then return to the podcast. Uh, as I expected, I'm already getting the text of, you know the bosses are going to freak that you're playing that song. <laughs> I, I, I know. If you missed before, it's part of uh, the discussion we're having. We're playing that song because of what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah. It's because not on the normal cycle of BMR playlist? Not. In fact, in fact it's probably the first time. It's, uh, <laughs> it definitely has made the airwaves here. But we're hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall for the final segment of the night, and we're talking about borderline personality disorder, which that song there with Eminem and Rihanna uh, displays kind of what that looks like in a back and forth. What do you guys think? I mean, Well, I learned something, I think, really interesting about Eminem from listening to that song. He doesn't know how to spell, because that's not why they call it window pain. It's, it's P-A-N-E <laughs> when you talk about a window pain. <laughs> It's a metaphor, Reed. Okay. Um, I thought it was Thanks, really Daddy. interesting. Um, and I'll tell you, we, we started this whole hour talking about uh, my background in the domestic violence field. And it was interesting. A lot of the discussion we have had over the past hour has made me think quite a bit, once again, about the men that I worked with who had been arrested for domestic violence. Um, and a lot of what we're talking about fits nicely with, you know, some of the... Uh, problematic behavior that they exhibited um, mm-hmm. and if you if you try to think about like well what would lead a person to act in this way some of the things we're discussing it's it's not hard to figure out how that might be connected yeah. so yeah no yeah. Teddy what are your thoughts on the song and the condition I thought it I thought it matched very well and if you've seen the video then it describes it perfectly hmm. so I think yeah some of the things I mean it talks about for example their relationship I mean it's it's this you know, when it's when it's great, it's great. You know, yeah. it's like Superman and Lois, Lois Lane. Lane, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know, when it's bad, it's awful. Um, and that's very common with the uh, dynamics of the someone with borderline personality. Is yeah. when it's great, it is great for them mm-hmm. and for whoever they're with. 
And when it's not, it's not. Right. And it really, and the other thing he says that when a volcano meets a hurricane, whatever it is, tornado, yeah. tornado meets a volcano. Mm-hmm. When you get two people who have these kind of explosive personalities, so for example, someone borderline personality, um, and tends to be more females than males, although males can have it for sure. Sure. And then you get males who have a little antisocial or narcissism. You put those two together, which is a common combination, by the way, because a narcissist um, may be attracted to the borderline because the borderline builds them up initially. Yeah. Um, and so when you get that combination of a narcissist and a borderline together, it's that's the volcano tornado kind of thing. Um, and or and antisocial, they have emotional regulation problems. Um, and so you can really have a difficult dynamic between two people, and that's probably what you came across in the domestic violence area um, a lot. With but there is no perfect match, I guess, for a borderline personality. It's not like you can, oh, hey, two people with this would actually work well together, right? Well, the best personality for someone with borderline personality would be you know, the healthiest personality you can imagine that is just super consistent right. and loving and can – um, essentially give them consistency for years so that they can relearn yeah. their reactions. And so um, borderline patients can develop insight into what's going on if they have a consistent sounding board. Yeah. If they're just, I mean, just rock solid consistent, and that person gently continues to point out to them how their reaction is not um, valid, um, valid yeah. Yeah, to what's going on, then over time you may can help them now you, you you can't really treat them as a spouse but you might can encourage them to get into treatment and then with the help of the therapist yeah who can work with the family because it really takes uh takes the whole group working together it needs to be a stable group so that that person because they'll bounce from one person to another if they don't get with what they want to hear from one person or if they're mad at them they'll go to the other person yeah. and that splitting that they do good and bad they'll often split people apart um, and so when you, you know, in a relationship, like if you're in a relationship with someone who's borderline, they may split you away from your friends or your family because then that gives them more of your undivided attention. And so they'll split you from your family or friends. And so uh, it, it takes a consistent message from all the people who care about that person. And that's a hard uh, group to get together. That's also textbook domestic violence is isolating the person away from, you know, Totally. Textbook. This sounds yes. like it's a pretty common thing, right? It's very common. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, boy, this is good stuff. Dr. Mark Westfall, thanks for joining us. He does once a month. We talk about something important like this. You can find all of those conversations wherever you find podcasts under the title, Let's Think On It. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com, or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers.